This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are back. Oh my God. We are back, folks, for a part two of this gigantic catch up episode. Um, I've been having so much fun with you catching up. This has been, I feel like I haven't talked to you in like a month. I know. Has it been a month? So much has happened. Yeah, ex- I think almost exactly a month. Because, you know, as you guys know, we've been having a lot of difficulties with tech yeah. and Anji's computer. I, she doesn't understand you can stream porn. You, she's downloading. <laughs> she's downloading. I want a hard copy. I want to be able to access it offline. <laughs> yeah, when you're out to sea somewhere without Wi-Fi. Um, but anyway, we're back. And uh, we were just talking on the last episode um, about Anji turning 40 and getting older, letting go. Of the things that you know, the these sandbags, these emotional—what did you call it? Emotional skinny um, jeans. Skinny jeans. That's right. That was so brilliant. That like you're just looking at and making yourself feel bad and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was really pertinent because it's something that I've been trying to do, especially on this road trip that I took. And uh, it was a, really a lot epic, of it is like it was an epic road trip. Epic. And let me. I, I, okay, so we went through. We went from California to Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, the tip of Minnesota, stayed, stayed in Minnesota for a while. And then we came down a different route from Minnesota to um, Nebraska to Colorado, back to Utah, Nevada, California. Wow. Now, let me tell you the drive was so easy. What? so fucking easy like it was scary i was like whoa how could i do so much time in a car uh, i didn't in my 244 been tripping episode i did talk about like the merits of listening to long audiobooks okay because it'll really keep you like within it and blah blah and especially if you're with your partner it really takes up a lot of the time and then you could pause and talk about you know and then you could critique like how bad the writing is <laughs> like mutual well, that's hating. what we did yeah, yeah. that's what we did <laughs> <laughs> we read this awful fantasy novel this trilogy that was so fucking basic and all the women like characters they own it was like bechdel test nightmare like they only talked <laughs> yeah, about men and, the- men and getting married and <laughs> having to you know succession or whatever the fuck in this sci-fi and- in this fantasy in this fantasy novel and it was so like broadly written and it, it just was like paint by numbers but on audible it was 4.8 stars so like oh how God. is a bitch supposed to decide you know like i don't know how i'm supposed to decide when like the audible is telling and it's like eleven thousand reviews see this is why um, we, we can't trust the public we cannot. You're not to be trusted. The public does, no, no. You're all, you all, like, all, like, to the mean. Oh you're all gosh. going towards the mean. And this, okay. And this, this is why, really this why Yelp of, is also tra- trash sometimes. Okay, exactly my point. I have to get through to this because we went to a couple of restaurants, quote, restaurants. I don't know if you even know if you could call them that on this road trip. And, you know, you get it. You're on a road trip. Yeah. There's not many. No delectable eateries no. around there's not a lot of food culture we talked about in this north platte nebraska you get out you get you out you, if you once you get out of any city even if you get into a suburb the yelp cannot be trusted yeah. it cannot be trusted no. and this is what i experienced in st louis i'm sorry to brag on st louis missouri all the time but you all y'all had some high ass ratings for some doo-doo ass food and this is what i experienced across the country yes and what we need to have is a filter for people who have lived in cities. Yes. And I know this is like coastal elite garbage, but I'm sorry, my taste buds have experienced better. And when I come to your city, you're telling me it's a 4.8? No, we got to scale that down. It's like, it's we like, we got to have a city filter on there. You, we need to know how good you think Panda Express is. That's, that's the test. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I was running into every Chinese restaurant in every small town yes. and be yelling, Sanctuary! Like, I was yes. holding on to Asian people. Yes. <laughs> Asian people, every time I went into, like, an Oriental walk or some shit, yes. they, eyes, like, burst open and they almost were in tears to see mm-hmm. me. 
because they're surrounded by these like yokels yeah. and people who are very mean to them, I'm sure, and especially with this anti-Asian anti blah, blah, blah. But I will say, in every small shit town in America, the Chinese, American Chinese restaurant yeah. is the highest rated restaurant. 100%. It's 100%. Because you know why? We give you delish. We give you delish. All right? We need to understand what you're looking for. We're not giving for. you Perkins burgers. Yes. And whatever the fuck they do. Anyway, so it was maddening being on the road because of that reason and that reason alone. Everything, the drive was clear. Beautiful. I mean, okay, out of all the states we visited, best, like, things to look at. Mm-hmm. Most beautiful state, Utah. Hands down, it I see really why the beautiful. Mormons claimed it. It is really beautiful. I see why Brigham Young got up to that it's mountain true. and said, this is God's land. Like, it is God's land. It is gorgeous. It is. And the fact that they have a grip on that state is shameful. It's a, it's a, it's a I want religious thing. It's a theocracy there. out there. And it's it's really yeah. good. And I can see why they want it. I see it. I see why you it's want really it. It's really beautiful. It really is beautiful. It really is stunning. Um, Western Colorado was absolutely drop dead gorgeous i thought denver had the best food yeah shout out to our patreon connie hong mm-hmm. um sorry you had she was asking us to come out to denver to do shows you know obviously we're taking a break yeah by the way just to remind you guys we're taking a quick break um after 250 Anji kim is so pregnant uh, give me a break i'm <laughs> just gonna pop out a baby <laughs> i gotta pop out a couple of scripts and we're gonna meet back up in, in january everyone's given birth um yeah <laughs> It's a wide berth for me, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna be a, a great time of us um, taking this time to do our stuff. But it's gonna be great because we'll have so many stories to share when we come back. Um, and like this road trip, basically, I gotta say I was experiencing the worst, and I got the best. Yeah, I mean you're I just you're. Best. It turns out Peter Kim, American infrastructure stan, uh, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get enough of our highways. <laughs> He put a judge doing his job. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I really did love the drive. It was so cool to see so much nature. Yeah. We saw, we went to the Badlands, we went to Zion, we stopped by the Red Cliffs. Like, we really did a lot. And then we brought our dog. So it was really nice to experience America uh, with a dog. Um, again, I brought my dog everywhere because it was scary sometimes. Yes. Because people would just be staring at me like, the fuck are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And, and even at a thrift store in Salt Lake City where two gay white men owned it, I walked in and they were like, what? You know, like they're, yeah. they're just like, huh? They just haven't seen it. Right. So they're just like. Baffled. It's not baffled yeah it's neither good nor bad really it's a lot of shock confusion less awe yes but it (laughs) it is (laughs) they're they're taken aback so you know asians still in that part of the country cannot be seen anywhere except for a chinese restaurant and but see the thing is we experience it as discomfort the thing is i was i was thinking about this because Foreigners that go to Asian countries experience the exact same type of shock and um, staring and disbelief, but they experience it positively. Like, white people even get to experience ostracization positively. In a, in a good in way. In a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they like. Because they're, they're all looking at them like, oh, wow. What are you doing here? Your skin is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you must be bringing gold and technology. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, no, they're bringing polio and genocide. <laughs> they got smallpox in these blankets. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. That blanket, get out of there. <laughs> but it's it's so. But yeah, it, it, it was that experience of like being a foreigner and, or being looked at as a foreigner. Exactly. And those eyes change. You know, if you're in a city, it's it's no big deal if you're walking and you have my face on because they see it 900 times a day. Yes. But you you go anywhere outside of the cities, it gets a little sketch. So having my white partner as my passport through the American West mm-hmm. was um, was necessary. <laughs> um, and having a dog was really nice too. Now, family time, I had a little bit of a tiff 
um, with my mother-in-law. Oh. Yeah. But that a tiny little tiff, but that was the only thing. Everything else about the trip, the family reunion, it was great. It was a good time. Okay. Um, but I got to tell you about this tiff. I love a tiff. So you know my mother-in-law. She's a very particular human being. <laughs> and <laughs> she, uh, my partner's mother. We're not married, me and my partner. But um, anyway, she... But the relationship is we, that of a mother-in-law. She's a mother-in-law. Yeah. So we, we get to the cabin. I cook a lot at the cabin because, A, I like to cook. And, B, it's something I can do for them. Of course. They don't really care to zhuzh it up in the kitchen. I hate that. Like, they'll fold a piece of ham and cheese over a tortilla. <laughs> and it takes and away from my enjoyment. It. Hello? Yeah. Exactly. And that, so I just take over and I cook. Yes. Right? And I deliver high-quality meals, spiced, balanced, and beautiful. crunchy and beautiful. textures, yeah. beautiful presentation everything's great we have one of these meals we sit down we play a game and while we're playing the game i get a little like chuchure, right so i look over to the chip basket bunch of chips in there and i take out a chip and i open it and i start eating the father looks at me and then looks immediately down uh-huh. like he's scared oh he, he he looks like a dog that like hears tremors you know <laughs> And then so he's like, mm. and then the mom just stares at me and I'm like crunching on these chips. And she goes, excuse me, you just broke the cardinal chip rule. What? And I was like, cardinal chip rule. And she goes, yeah, you're not supposed to open a bag unless you finished the last bag. That's the rule. And I was like, oh, did you email that to me? <laughs> Is it posted somewhere? Because how am I supposed to know this rule? Yeah. And then the dad just jokingly goes, you're just supposed to know. <laughs> and I look back at the chip basket and I go, well, there's two bags of chips that are open right now. Mm -hmm. So it's already being broken. And she goes, those are two different kinds of chips. One is a potato chip and one is a corn chip. And I was like, oh, and so I just look at this potato chip that I open. It's a big bag. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, well, I'll just finish this entire bag. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> so I ate the whole bag. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I shared with them, but because like we, we end up like laughing about it and whatever. Yeah. But um, and then I told that to um, Eric's aunt yeah. who lives by the lake as well. And we just like boated over and we're just talking to her. And I was like, isn't this funny that this happened? And she goes, oh, that means she likes you. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, oh, she actually told you about the rule? And I was like, uh-huh. She goes, oh, that means she likes you. That's great. As opposed to Midwestern it fume about it? Exactly. 100% <laughs> bingo. She was like, if she, you know, six years ago when you first visited, if you did that, she would have not said anything, and then she would have came to our house, and then she would have bitched about it for 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, so I guess... You're in. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> She's part of the family. <laughs> I mean, that's So that was, like, the only, like, weird moment. And even that moment, like, I was... I, like, was joking and ragging on her. Yeah. So it completely dispelled it immediately. Like, I'm not taking your whatever this is seriously. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going, uh-huh. And she... Oh, and because of those your, are great rules for you. <laughs> and because of your reaction, she also started to take it less seriously. Yeah, she started to realize, yeah. oh, okay, am I being crazy? But, like, I don't think she kind of she doesn't really get there she's like in her 60s i don't think self-awareness is gonna happen for her so i you know <laughs> who knows we can pray yeah but um but I, I really thought like it was such a great moment where i was like oh we can be in the same room you can have a different opinion than me and we don't have to like spiral about it right like we can just exist and be different and then just joke about it and move on. Like we don't have to make every last like 
tension. It's not it's whatever this was. Not even tension, but like a little tiff. Be the end of our relationship. Right, and this is actually and, an allegory for politics in our country right now. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you for bringing it up, Peter. This is our perfect segue. <laughs> you know, that was my uh, intention behind this story. As us moving into a more centrist type of politics, we got, we're trying to build bridges. Just let's, uh, yeah, let's reach across the aisle and open a bag of chips. I um, mean, really, that was the only thing. That's, I mean, you guys were out there for quite Isn't a that time. wild? Yeah. Isn't that wild? That was the only thing. And then Eric and I got into a little bit of a moment when he was getting triggered by his uncle uh-huh. for he has like youngest brother syndrome okay what is that so like it's like whenever like kind of being like treated as the baby and um like looked over and not taken too seriously okay. blah blah, blah yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff like infantilization etc and he <clears throat> he felt that he was being like kind of being bullied or whatever being like made to feel young and inconsequential and then he was in this space and i wasn't there i was like taking my break from the family my mental health break yeah and he was freaking out and he was like where are you where were you blah blah and then i was like whoa i'm what is this energy and he couldn't communicate his thing to me and then we had to like and i was like what the fuck are you why are you going crazy and then we got into it and I realized he was in this state with his family being triggered. I see. So, you know, again, six, seven years ago, this would have broken us. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, it would have been a bigger fight. I would have said, it would have been a huge fight. I would have been like, fuck this, I'm out, whatever, you know, or I don't know, something else would have happened. But it was like a truly a moment of, huh, what? Can we talk? Oh, this is what you're feeling? I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's get in. Let's be a team and go in there. Oh, wow. And that's real. And that's pretty healthy. Yeah. I mean, I got there. Well, you have babies. (laughs) That's crazy. That's so healthy. (laughs) Also, I mean, you guys guys have been traveling, just the two of you, for like how many weeks at that point? Two, almost three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So one fight. It's like that. Yeah, one fight. Yeah, and then there was one tense moment where we were camping and he, we, we were setting up in the rain and we were getting like pissy at each other. Sure. But that you know, it's pretty. That's pretty good. That's so healthy. And I think we've we've come a long way. We used to like not communicate at all. Yeah. And now we're, I think, taking time to. I think we just have more tools now. And you more know, patience. we're both. We both yeah. have more patience, more therapy, more whatever more work on ourselves to know that certain feelings come up and we have to communicate them and not just sit on it and then resent everything for not whatever you know that's me i'm talking about myself but whatever (laughs) so i gotta i gotta admit it was way cooler than i thought the whole trip what was stressful about the trip was actually work because Work. I had to start um, having meetings, Zoom meetings, mm-hmm. and be, to in order to get to um, civilization. Civilization. We had to travel. We had to like burn gas for eight hours to get to the next place. Right. And it was like racing towards the Zoom. You know. So <laughs> I really like on on the way there. We took five days, and we're like, oh, let's camp, let's set up here, and like. Let's get an Airbnb and just like walk around. And on the way back, we were like, hotel, 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 hotel. And I was just like racing to the hotels to get on the Wi-Fi, to get on the Zooms and blah, blah. So it was a little stressful. But I got on um, multiple. I met five showrunners. So I don't even know if I've said anything about this show, but I am developing a show with Fox. And it is a... um, semi-scripted idea of me playing a character and it's going to be like a soft satire and we needed to meet showrunners to set up this show because I have the idea I have the character but like I need someone to like hold my hand and set up the whole series make it a show and make it a show turn this house into a home (laughs) exactly (laughs) bingo 
<laughs> so it was a unique ex exercise on top of having to like race towards the zoom meetings at these like tiny right. like holiday inn expresses and suites or whatever the fuck oh i was God. going to yeah. a true by hilton so <laughs> i was i had to also figure out not only how to uh how to suss out these showrunners but to also figure out like what this show is even right. like I have the like kind of premise around it, but like how does it sustain every episode to every episode and over, you know, an arc of a season and stuff like that. And it's, it's like semi scripted. Mm -hmm. It's not just a regular, regular sitcom. So we need someone who's like in that Borat E kind of world or like the, right. Um, daily show E kind of world that like uh, American satire kind of world, mm -hmm. like new satire world. So it was a very it was trying to thread a very f small needle. Yes, uh, and 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 those yeah. kind of shows actually require more <laughs> of a of a strong require a stronger conceptual hold, like because yes. you don't have characters that you're, you have to over script it. Yes, you and, mm. and the concept and like ethos of the show mm -hmm. is also almost it, it needs to be very solid. Mm -hmm. Because you're, it's a singular character, but it's like, what is this character's goal? That's actually what the whole show is. That's the, what the whole show is about. And so it's about <clears throat> trying to, uh, well, there was a lot to do in this like rush back home, which was start like thinking about the show as a serial thing right. and some narrative things that we can kind of tentpole mm -hmm. for the entire season and also meet with showrunners of varying experiences and genders. And um, I met with a woman who I thought was the smartest, the best person um, to do this kind of job. But f if she was me, not my showrunner, you know what okay. I mean? Like, and I was so impressed by her. I wanted her to be my friend. <laughs> I like. I wanted. I wanted to learn from her. But I realized that like, it, to develop a, at least from my past experiences, to develop a pilot uh, or a whole world, um, you really need. I really need someone who I vibe with. Okay. More than someone I like, want to like me or like, want to be thought of as good or smart by oh, you know what oh, i mean someone, someone that, that i impress. like impress yes um i think that gets in the way of the work sure at least for me and i need someone that like really gets me and is a champion of what i want to do and my voice mm -hmm. and not not have their own agenda or something like that yeah. you know um <clears throat> so it was it, it was learning about that and figuring out like what kind of questions do I ask and like what do you think and everyone had a different take on the show um, some people didn't really have takes and they were just like cool cool this 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 is rad and rad? then I was like someone said that it was rad no not rad but like you know <laughs> just like very like I don't know something as you know whatever yeah. you know and it was very like nonchalant. And then later I find out that they were like super nervous. I see. And that's not what I read at all. I just read kind of like uninterested or just like too busy. See, people need to be more honest with their faces. <clears throat> and I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it once, I'll say it again. Y'all need to stop being so um, inscrutable because. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I need to see the trauma I, on your I face. Think, like when I'm nervous, I look nervous. If I'm upset, I look upset. I, I don't. I, I my face has no secrets. You show it. Yeah, my face has yeah. no secrets. Only my heart does. You know what I mean? Like I'm I, the same way. My face can't lie. My, fa my face. It's written lie. all over my face. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, no one's ever been like, oh, I I thought this this was going on. Everyone's like, oh yeah, everyone could tell this was going on. <laughs> yeah, it was plain. It was plain. Like this person almost fucked up their, like this opportunity, like they came off as as more uninterested versus mm -hmm. nervous, which 
is a, a completely different impression and a bad one. 100%. And I did not read that at all. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was an interesting exercise of like, I learned a lot from meeting these showrunners mm-hmm. on how to have these meetings when I'm a showrunner. Right. Because I'm sure I'll have these meetings for someone else's idea to like help them bring it to fruition or whatever. And you really, I, I ended up going with the person who felt the vibe to be the best, like fun and yeah. like interested and passionate and et cetera. But also the, he was the most prepared. He was the most professional. Like he sent over a deck okay. about my show. And and like a jokey deck, you know, it was like, you know, crude, but it was like, oh, uh, what do I know about this show? The title. What do I like about the show? The title. Here's the thing. I think what this is. And then he wrote a bunch of stuff like and he was like, these are things I think we could explore. And like, these are things I think we need to have answered. And here are some possible jokes and scenarios based on what I think this is. And like he had a whole thing. Right. It was like he. I'm sure he did it in like an hour. Sure, but he Who did cares, it. Though, like he did it. Mm-hmm. You took the time to digest my thing and came back to me with your takes. That's what I learned from him. Is that oh, this is what I need to do with my when I'm given this opportunity right. one day. I can't just show up and be like, uh huh, yeah. So I think this is cool. This is great. Well, yeah, this show has legs. Oh, this is cool, smart. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you really do you want the job or not? And A, it's not it's not, I'm not coming from a place of like you better fucking work. Like that's not what I'm saying. What what I'm saying is like how can I as someone who have to make a decision to partner with someone make a decision by meeting five people for 50 minutes. Right. You know like so it's just more tactical than anything else what I've learned from this experience. I mean it's the it same is, as everything else. Oh, like you need just to fucking be prepared. Be prepared but also you liked feeling wanted. Yeah. Like and liked, appreciated and, appre- and seen. Exactly. Like yeah. it's the same thing as in an, any relationship. It's the same thing in any friendship. It's the same thing in any dating scenario. Like it doesn't matter. Like the person doesn't need to have a dozen roses and have uh, your name written out in rose petals on a bed or anything. But you want to be seen. You want to know this bitch has thought about it. Some preparation. Yeah. Like it doesn't need a to tiny be- bit. A tiny just bit. Just a little bit. It's, and it's and it's way. not even the thinking about it. It's the idea that you were important enough to consider that you're there you go. that that you. And this relationship was important enough mm-hmm. to think that about. That is professionalism. That's professionalism. That's not. That's pro- professionalism. That's not just professionalism. That's across the board, going to give you good results in your life, in your relationships, in your career. It's it's across the board, you know. Because the thing about it is, so much of our lives are spent wrapped up in only thinking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. To be con- to consider another person. And to be considered are great gifts. Huge gifts. It was It was just like bar none, my, I was taken by the whole thing. The bitch wooed you. It, he wooed. He wooed. I got wooed. You got wooed. I'm a, I, I didn't know I could, I'm a wooable, <laughs> but. <laughs> I certainly all, am. We're all wooable. We're wooable. all wooable. <laughs> We're all wobble. I mean, truly, like it's it's. You think you're above it, but you're not. I mean, you're not. You're not. You're not, bitch. You're not. Wait, you 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 don't like to be flattered? Fuck you. Fuck you. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, get out of here. You you're not wobble. You're not wobble. You wobble. You wobble. <laughs> I mean, was it? Trust me, you wobble. <laughs> Wait, so at the That's end of so funny. At, the, at the end of all of this, you felt like uh-huh. you understood the the art of woo. Yes, I have understood the uh, art of woo. I have partaken in the woo, 
and um, yeah, I'm wild, wooed and wild, <laughs> and I. <laughs> I mean, I think that, like, for people who are listening that are also, like, in the business or not even in the business, I think, like, if anything where you're trying to sell something, some of it is just, like, that, the wooed and the wooable. Mm -hmm. And also what you're describing is, like, being able to articulate an idea concisely and quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a skill. That's it. It's a huge, it's almost like 90% of it. Yes. Communication. Yes. It really is. We make fun of the communication majors from our, you know, like liberal arts programs, but yes. they know what they're doing. It, it really is. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they kind of. So I'm really excited about our showrunner. Um, he, he's going to help me develop this pilot and kind of like the skeleton of the show, hopefully all the way towards production. And then, um, and then we'll see from there. And also, um, I commenced on Kim Spa. We got notes. I got notes. I had that was one of the Zoom calls. I had to race to Grand Junction, Colorado, to a cafe. Oh my God, Grand Junction! Yeah. Um, have you been? No. No. Oh, it's a. Uh, <laughs> you said it like you there was. You had I know. I know. Like, oh God. Um, Grand Junction. <laughs> I'm a nightmare. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. North Platte. Yes. <laughs> Grand Junction. Um, I, I, I got to a cafe and I took this call, which ended up not even being a Zoom. It was a phone call. So I could have taken it anywhere. Yeah. And um, I got notes for my pilot, Kim Spa, that once was at ABC and now is at NBC. Woohoo! And I'm very excited and I'm off to rewrite now. And it I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really like positive about it. It feels like it seems like they like the script. So it's not a lot of changing. Yeah. It's not a lot of, you know, hey, go back to one and you know, figure out new characters or a new story or whatever. It's none of that. It's literally like simplifying and kind of like clearing out. I mean, if, if so, anything, going back to the original version of what you wanted. Oh no, Unji. I'm still here though. Unji. Yes. <laughs> oh no! Here we go with the freaking. Technology again. Okay, so guys, what's happening is Unji froze. Uh oh. And um, I'm just going to keep talking, I guess. Um, anyway, so I had the. Uh, now we're, we're. I'm all month oh, to no. rewrite this script once again. I think he's back. And I'm hoping this is the last time I rewrite it. You guys, please send some love, some uh, positive. <laughs> energy my way because I don't know how many times I could fucking rewrite the script. Um, so yeah, that's where we are now. And yeah, I think, I think I'm going to just take this, the next kind of two months um, and, and the holiday season to do, get all this work done so that we can come back in January and, and be, Hello. And be right at it again. Hi, yeah, you're back. back. I just I just kept talking. Okay, good. <laughs> you didn't stop recording, did you? No. Okay, this is great. So it'll match yeah. up. Anyway, so I was just talking about the um, the NBC script and how I I I just can't like do much more work on this anymore. Like it's it's kind of like asking someone to like continually chip at a sculpture, and you're like, it's gonna it's gonna it's like a beautiful lady right now. Yeah. A beautiful maiden, mm -hmm. you know, a goddess, whatever. But you keep chipping away at it, you're gonna turn it into like some fucking monster sure. or something. So like, I want to chip as little as possible. You gotta and buff. That's that's all you gotta that's do. That's kind of yeah, it's just a polish, yeah. just a quick, um, a power wash, if you will. Uh -huh. So that's where I am, and th so th those are the things that were stressful. But in the large scheme of things, it's. Great, great stuff, and I'm, I'm, I've been. I was telling the audience that like I'm gonna take this break we're having 
to birth these things as you birth your second child. <laughs> and we'll meet back up in January and have a great time. <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about, you know, this project at this point, how many years has Kim Spa? It started in 2018. So it's been 18, 22, four years. Uh-huh. Almost five because it started in the, in the March of eighteen, so almost five years. So that's like it, five, when I say five years, you're saying like that's the moment where you opened up your Google Doc and started writing Kim Spa. Started writing. Mm-hmm. So it's been five years. Five years. <laughs> Let me ask you this: How do you, how do you stay committed and motivated? Wow, that is a good question. I money, <laughs> but let's say let's say that it's number one. If NBC hadn't picked it up again, would you have, would you have stopped? Would it have been done? I think we would have tried to pitch it to uh, other networks uh-huh. or like go out to. Pi- I mean, we pitched to NBC. We sent the script around to other people. NBC responded saying, let's take a meeting. Um, if NBC, if no one responded, yeah. I think I would have stopped. I would have like just put it away for a while. Okay. And then like, I don't know, things are cyclical. So like if something happens, I have a script ready, you know, but like as far as like actively chasing down a production of this script. Uh-huh. I think I would have liked to stop. I don't know what the other producers or the studio would have wanted to do, but as the artist, I at that point when ABC passed, I had other things I was working on. So let me ask you this. I think this is a more interesting question than why we persevere because everyone talks about that. Let me ask you, when you say that you would have put it away, what mm-hmm. are the other things that you have put away? Like what are, what would it, mm. how do you oh. know that it's time? Um, I think I just feel it. My in, my amount of joy around it or excitement will tell me uh-huh. if it's time or not. Um, <clears throat> I when Kim Spa was being passed on, I was in a room writing. I was also developing a different show. Um. And I had just p- pitched and sold this Fox show. Right. So l- there were other things taking up my ba- brain space mm-hmm. that needed my brain space. And Kim Spa had been worked on for four years already right. of my brain space. So, like, I-, I think that's how I knew. I was like, okay, there's other stuff that I want to do. Um, a-, a more recent example is I had to pause my short film right because i lost my lead and my dp mm-hmm. and my assistant director wow and i could have scrambled together a crew and shot it in the two day, days that i had already planned but there and there was a part of me like uh, the ego right that was like I, I already said i was gonna do it i have producers who had already worked on it for free like i really need to step up and i can't there's the shame in me won't let me you know, uh, uh, let this go, and I have to finish it's it. Too big to fail. Yeah, exactly. And I had to take a moment and just be like, "No, you don't owe anyone anything. It's your money. You're the producer. Like you say when it goes or not." So, I, I really had to like ha- have a moment of like stop fucking freaking out and have. I almost like just went went forward with it. And I had to like pump the brakes, but that's folded right now. <clears throat> Doesn't mean I'm never gonna do it, right. but I just have other things that are taking priority. So like in my heart of hearts, I want to do it right after all of this is done. Okay. But who knows by then what will take precedent and all that stuff. So like, yeah, how do I persevere? <clears throat> I don't know. I'm a big believer of nothing's ever dead, so I don't really think of putting things away as quote giving up it's just kind of like 
you're just like putting a pause on it to concentrate on other things. So you don't acknowledge the defeat. You don't take the L. You're taking it as a tie. <laughs> I don't think it's an L at all because I got paid for these the script for Kim Spa, mm -hmm. you know, and the second script. So like I it was a transaction completed. Yeah. So I, I and then if it got picked up, that would have been a second transactionary transaction. I think the initial transaction was resolute and complete. So I feel complete in that. Now, do I feel bad when they passed? Of course, because you start dreaming and having expectations and, you know, you have to grieve those things. Sure. The houses, but... the boats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the private chefs, yeah. the villas. <laughs> I get it. We all grieve. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of I don't I don't think I I think if it's like something that was created, even like written, uh -huh. like a, f a script, I that's the the W for me, you know. Like right. I I take that as the W, and like whatever happens to it is icing. But like you know, you move on and stuff like that. Um, yeah, are you? Do you feel like you are holding on, or do you feel like you are? I'm just trying to. It's like the maintaining the enthusiasm and <clears throat> love for a project mm -hmm. that is, because all these things, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term relationship. Most of these projects, it's not a one-night. Very stand. long. Yeah, it's not a one-night stand. I mean, you can have a one-night stand with an idea, or a, uh, but not with a project that you are spearheading, though not something that you're writing, not something that you're trying to actively push and no one else cares about. Um, right. So it's a long-term relationship. And the thing is, you know, for you, you have so many long-term... You're in a polyamorous relationship with multiple projects. And I, I prefer it that you way. You prefer it that way. And I don't think I like a monogamous work relationship. <laughs> I just don't think I can do it. I don't and, and I think, want to. And I think um, the, way, descri the way you're describing it, I can see why. Because then you're far more able to see projects and relationships for what they are mm -hmm. like this this transaction and this period has ended this is not the end right. i still love you but we are not currently going to be engaging in yeah. sexual relations we are uh, this relationship is now going to be fallow yeah i think fertile. it's because everything i do for work is contractual so right. i expect an end like I don't, it's not an open-ended employment or open-ended creative venture. Like it closes at a certain point. Like yes. even when you make a movie, like once it's released, it's done. Right, but I mean, there are other projects in your <clears throat> queue that are not currently contractual or not, like they're just, you're developing them. Yes, yes, just like, just creatively developed. Exactly. So yeah, pre-sale. Pre-sale. So it's like yes, yes. Those, oh, oh, I see yes. that something like that. Yes. How do you keep it up? Oh, okay. Because I do have a project that I have fully developed um, into like pitch deck, the whole thing, and the company that it was with, like um, the pod, yeah, <clears throat> just got. Um, I guess I don't know about release, but it didn't get renewed with, uh, with their overall deal okay. at this one studio. So now they're going around looking to find deals with a new studio. So my project is now tied up, quote, tied up with this pod and going to land wherever their that pod lands. I see. Now, let me tell you this. This is more frustrating. That project is... Right before their deal ended with that studio, I was supposed to go in and pitch because that studio has been asking me to come in and pitch for a while now, since Kim Spa. Mm. And we were developing, developing, developing this pitch, and then we finally got to it. And then they were like, um, before we set up this meeting, we got to let you know we're ending our relationship with them. So should we actually pitch or should we go somewhere else? Okay. And I'm like huh what so this my project and my timing and my creative resources for free 
months mm-hmm. of writing and work is now dictated by your timing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that shit happens all the fucking time. So that's one of those things where I say like, okay, I guess timing is off. I have to let it go for right now and then move on to the next thing. And then if they get their whatever together and they want me to come in pit to pitch, like then we'll talk again. But like for right now, so it kind of feels like, oh, what a waste. I spent all that time creating this world and creating this show. Um, and now we can't even pitch it because you're figuring out a new relationship. Um, that does sting. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I still have the whole thing done. The work is done. So, like, if it gets to pitch, great. If not, then I hope that I can take it and pitch it somewhere else myself, or I don't know. Like, but that work isn't wasted. Right. The emotional work you did is still valid. Yeah, the and the work, 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 the creative work yeah. I did, it still exists, and I. I have something, I have pages to show. I mean, I guess the lesson here, folks, is that you can never rest. You must always work. You must constantly (laughs) be writing. (laughs) I mean, that most things will. Unfortunately, yes. That most things don't work out, that you can't depend Uh on anyone to validate your work, that it must happen within. And Mm -hmm. this is why Peter and I are giving up at 40. Like, we are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean I think for me personally like it is as a creative harder for me to be invested in things that are you know that are not only they're like I, I'm not receiving a lot of like support but it's mm-hmm. you know I on the solo trip I took I did finish a lot of things which felt good and Ooh, do you want to share? I, I finished a treatment and I finished a <sighs> another treatment. So then like I like a, two treatments two tre- for two different, two different what? Two, two different things. Movies, TV shows, a TV show that I am. Uh, I revamped because that was an edit. OK, really. it was a, a overhaul. And the second oh, okay. one was the beginning of uh, a treatment, a first draft that I sort of finished. And okay. I felt good about just in terms of like the world I was creating. And so I think that. That was, I think, the most beneficial part of the trip and also Mm. one of the more exciting parts of turning 40, like being able to have completed a project. Mm. But I will say that, you know, for anybody out there, even if you're not a creative, you know, taking time away, just, you know what I mean? One of my friends just went into a hotel room for the day, like she was a hooker, like just went in... (laughs) And just like sat on a bed that wasn't her own and watched SVU for a couple of hours. And then what? And then like I think left before she like That was that's all she wanted to do, just, just to like to be away. To wow. literally spend some time. And the thing is mm-hmm. there is a tax that you pay um physically being in a space that you I think particularly for um mothers or wives or people that share when you share a space mm-hmm. you know even though if you if you love your house even if you love your home and you like to put around in it there is a psychic weight to simply be yes. in the space where you yes. don't get to really it's not uh-huh. about relaxing because if you want to really relax yeah you stay at home and you do nothing but it's something about the different setting and being able to also relax and do nothing. I can only relax when I'm alone. Yes. I can't relax with other people around me. And I, yes. It's just too much. That psychic weight is real. I cannot just unplug. Yeah, because when you have nunchi, you're always noticing. Yeah, exactly. You're always yeah. noticing. Always other, on guard. Yes. Always noticing. Always on top of it. So I, there's, a value, there's a value to that alone outside of all the work that I did I that I cannot recommend to anybody enough if there is a a favor you can cash in an Mm. event 
a, an, a, a birthday, an anniversary, a, a Hanukkah, a Christmas, this is what I would recommend you ask for. Some time alone. Oh. Like truly alone. It, you know, it's interesting you say this because there is a um, writer. Do you know? Al, Al, she's also, I think, a director. Alice She. Okay. Um, she she created she's a producer a retreat house for writers mm. in Lake Arrowhead complete with creation doula whoa that is this is right up your alley this is some like LA shit yeah I'm gonna put it in the chat for you yes now what I'm understanding is that she and her um <clears throat> partner met and um decided to buy and maybe like spruce up this home, this uh, uh, buy a house, $435,000 house in Lake Arrowhead for hosting creative retreats. Wow. So it's a 1600 square foot a frame and it's their intentions for the house is for creatives to come like book it basically. And have like a little place where you can just go an hour and a half outside of LA and just write and be in a place, not yours. Yes. And, and do this thing. And this is something I do all the time. This is something you just did. Yes. But she is now on the entrepreneurial bend, um, creating this space for other creatives to come and use and help pay her mortgage. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm sure the prices are, um, you know, not crazy and gougy. Hopefully not, because, you know, these are creative people that just want to fucking go and do the thing. Um, so uh, I really like this idea, and I think this could be something I could do. Yes. Yeah. This is something, like, I don't know if you'd be interested in, but, like, is there, like, a retreat around Chicago where, like, Chicago... There's so many Chicago creatives. There is a spot. There is a... A retreat in Lake Forest that I looked into but you it's uh. like and it's on a sliding scale but like something like that they they sell out immediately oh really they book okay. out immediately like a year in advance wow yes. okay and I only know about it because the book that I just read um, the many daughters of a Fong Moy that writer went to this retreat in Lake Forest and if you've ever oh, been to wow. if you've ever been to it, it's a beautiful suburb in Chicago. Like these rich people really know what they're doing. They understand views. They understand real estate. They understand um, like the best views of Michi like Michigan and like area. I mean, you know what I mean. Like I'm telling you, rich people hoard resources. I, I as someone who's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been on golf courses for the first time in my life, just very recently, and truly a heinous display of wealth and um, just like a conspicuous consumption situation. But mm -hmm. man, they're really doing it well. It's beautiful. It's, it's fucking beautiful. They, they, wow. Their rich eyes only deserve the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for uh, our um, Asa? Asa moment? Yeah. yeah, let's get into it. It's time for Asa. All right. What is your asa of the week? Uh, I, I got it. Give me a second. I was pulling it up. You, you go first. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I always start. So I wanted to give you and, a second and I, and I wasn't to ready. get into it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, my asa of the week is a K-Town jajangmyeon um, jeep called The Dragon. Ooh. Now, I've been looking for jajangmyeon in L.A., I've had a lot. Hong Kong Banjum, I went to Hungane, like, you know, all the like regular places I've been to. This place called the Dragon is like old school, like flushing style um, jajangmyeon house where they don't do jamjamyeon. They give you a little bowl of extra jampong uh, sauce if you want, or kumur. Really? And then the, the yakimandu is huge, tikimandu. And uh, the jajangmyeon the sauce is like the thickest velvety porky it's just really really good it's my favorite and he i forgot who did this but you know that asian tiktok guy who was like you need to um 
here's my filter for good Asian food. It has to be like 3.5. Yes. To f- yes. <laughs> it's so true. It's so fucking true. And this place, the dragon, I kept skipping over because it's, uh, it's rated at like a four one. Okay. Or something yeah. like that. Four is it's also, like the lowest. I, I would say it's three, five to four I, as an amendment yeah. to that guys. I would say yeah, 3.5 yeah. 3. to four. Yeah. To four. Because, some, why, why people will get upset about being the whole idea behind the rating system, guys, if you don't know, is that he's saying if, you know, like Asian food should be rated around like 3.5 to be good. Yes. Because the good places are rude to whites. Yes. And uh, or foreigners or whatever. Other people that are not Asian. They're rude to Asians, too, by the way. We yes. just don't care. You know, and and, you know, and like, it's, it's a part of the level of customer service that we expect. That's just what you get. If you're not like, yelling, you get your at, delicious food and you go. Because it's truly it's like it, 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 he makes a good point. It's like if you're not yelling for the ajama, why would the ajama ever come to you? Hello, she's busy. She's busy. She's watching the news. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I mean, truly, like it's like if you're not calling, you have to know how to call for you the have ajama. To call them over. Yeah. yeah. So you know, a lot of white people get upset by Asian restaurants and they leave bad reviews, which tanks the score. But the real ones know how good it is, and they give a high score, so they average out to be 3.5. So this place was like 4.0, and I was like, ah, there's other places higher than this, so I'd go there. But I didn't, you know, after reading this guy's, or looking at the TikTok, I was like, you know what, I have, I should check out the Dragon, because I always get, you know, skipped over it, but maybe it's really good and they have shitty service. And guess what? Fucking bingo. Really? It was horrible service, <laughs> but amazing food. No, the service wasn't bad, but like you can tell it was all cream. People. Yeah, like, it's gruff. Like, no. Yeah. And uh, it, it's like ajumas who's just like screaming at each other. Yes. Like, yeah, yogi, yogi, bur, yeah, You know, yeah. like it's very like, you know, shingerbonger. You know, like it's just really loud and whatever. It's it, it's not it's not right for like sensitive whites. But anyway, that's why it was you. so fucking good. It's not for you. It's for me and my white boyfriend, Eric, <laughs> who was just sitting there eating everything. It was so good. So check out The Dragon if you're in L.A. or if you stop by L.A. Okay. Don't be worried about the 4.0. Don't be worried. Yeah. You sh- it should be a 4.0. I was looking up all the places that I, I, all, all, I, all the places I like in Chinatown. Uh-huh. They're all like uh-huh. literally like four. Exactly four. Yeah, yeah. Exactly four. That's perfect spot. Yeah. I would say three, five to four because, yeah, silver seafood. 3.8. Uh, oh, I love silver seafood. I love silver seafood. Okay. Um, it's so funny that <laughs> you went food. I'm also going to go food. I'm going to mm. say, and this is going to be bougie of me, but you guys, I'm saying this is worth it. The Momofuku Chili Crunch. Ooh. It is, it is different. It's superior? It's not superior. It's just different. It is a different kind of heat. It is, mm. it really, they, it gives you the crunch. It's, uh, Where did you get it? Uh, Amazon. <laughs> like delivery or Amazon Fresh? Uh, Amazon delivery. Oh, you delivered. Okay. Um, Momofuku spicy crunch. Yes. Okay. Because Sh- no, I've been using the Trader Joe's and I'm like, this is not it's good. It's too sugary, right? Yeah, it's too sweet. Yeah. This is the, yeah. ch- the Momofuku chili crunch. Chili crunch. Chili crunch. Okay. It is spicy as fuck. It's it's like a it's a, an extreme heat. Oh, I'm into that. And the crunch is the actual real chili flakes. It's like a level. Uh-huh. Um, it's like. What are you using it on? Rice, eggs, everything, everything Every, in a sandwich. Everything. Okay. I've, I've, All right. I put it on everything. It is like the garlic sauce, the sriracha garlic sauce level, mm-hmm. but even hotter. Yeah, okay. That's good. Yeah, it's good. I like I, that. I'm gonna ch- I, like I, that. I bet it would be spectacular on a pizza. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Or even on some pasta. Yeah, because over it's, some pasta. It's, a, it's a pure kind of chili heat that is not obfuscated by, because a lot of Asian, straight up Asian chili sauce, chili oils, um, it's like, uh, has a more umami in it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this- This is a, like a sharper- Yes. It is a pure heat- Chili crunch oil. Okay, great. And I it's, love and that. it's and it's it doesn't. I'm not saying that it's not doesn't have a sweetness to it because it is a, a lot of chili. Hungry. But it is. Uh-huh. Ooh, it is good. I mean, really, All right. it's like it's like the kind of perfect kind of like Korean American interpretation of a Asian mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying mm-hmm. that you still need to get your regular chili oils. You still need to get sure. your regular classic srirachas. But this is an interesting and um, I think. An interesting and very 
different addition to the chili oil okay. family. I'm always looking for a new hot sauce, yeah. so here we I mean, go. Mr. Chang, uh, congratulations. Bravo. Yeah, bravo. I was just at his restaurant with our friend Susan Glynn, and they she works there yeah. at um, Major Domo. And because of that, and she, she did this incredible move, by the way. I know we're wrapping up, but any one of you, please steal this move. She she works at David Chang's restaurant, you know, a, a very well-received, yes. beautiful restaurant. Great food, expensive. She right before she came in to have dinner with us, me and Eric, she brought the kitchen three hot and readies from Little Caesars pizza. Ah. And, and they were all like gagging over it. And they're like, yeah, this is so good. Because, you know, like the kitchen's always eating the regular food. So they're like, what a nice surprise to get pizza. Yes. And who doesn't love pizza? And then we sat down for dinner and they literally sent over eight dishes. What a like, baller it was, move. It was crazy. I was like hurting walking out of there. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was everything, everything, everything was so fucking good. David Chang, you're just, you're doing it. You're doing it right. All right. Thanks for listening to this humongous two-part episode. Yes. You guys, we are taking a break after 2.50, so stay tuned. Get all the fresh episodes while you can. And then after 2.50, we're going to do some re-releases and take a little break through the end of the year, and we'll be back in January. We're so happy that you're here. Patreon members, feel free to take a break if you want. I know you're not getting the um, the updates you're getting. You know, If you want to support us through the end of the year, please do so. But I understand if you have to pull your pledges or whatever. We're not going to be angry about it. But we will send you the merch. We um, we are doing – can we say it out loud? We're yes, going to do it. the bucket hats. We're doing bucket we're hats. Doing, we're doing Ajima bucket hats <laughs> because we realize we don't need sizes and stuff like that. So we're going to just do one thing that fits all, and it's going to be great. Anyway, we love you. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.